Hello and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast episode 92. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my vaping co-host, Ryan Sanitsky. I'm in the closet about that. Subaru owner. I'm in the closet. I'm not trying to do that. (laughs) Uh, All that I did was sneeze. Yeah, yeah see, you had to go and one up me. I'm sorry, honey. I'm just embarrassing. See, when Jana bombs the intro, it's cute, and yeah. when you do it, it's just yeah. tragic. And then, and then next time we're gonna do the intro, you're gonna <laughs> just be like pulling your pud, and people are like, "Oh God, no!" Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, I. <laughs> I, I I I I fucked up. Well, uh, everyone's already tuned no, out. At this no, point, no, no, so. no. I mean, I mean, with with our topics, there was one I really wanted to add in. I forgot to, so I'm just gonna throw this out first. I mashed a link in there. If you can click on, yeah, that. I'm working on it. It's um, uh, this keyboard and I are, you know, not good friends. We we're not good friends. Here we go. Dahatsu, um, you know Dahatsu. I do the Dahatsu Charade, the Rocky, which is actually cool. Uh, master of the first car you buy and Gran Turismo because it's the cheapest. You get it just to do at one race and then you get Let's the Let's not forget the Copen active top. Yes, there is that. Uh, they are known for K cars and stuff. However, with K cars, that's known for being very power dense as far as the size of the engine goes. Right, because they're limited to 659cc yes. or whatever, right? Uh, however, Dahatsu, uh, they've had an extensive racing career. And actually... Um, in 1967, uh, during the Japanese Grand Prix, they had a race car um, called the P5, and that raced with like the Nissan R380, the Porsche 906, the Toyota 7. Um, okay. And they were engines that were two to seven liters. Dahatsu entered their car with a 1.3 liter engine. Oh. Yes. Was it a piston engine or a rotary? Uh, it was a piston. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, Mazda was the one that did rotaries. Um, it made. 140 horsepower. That is oh my. 108 horsepower per liter. It went 150 miles per hour, and its red line was 10,000 RPM. Oh. Anyway, that car was lost to time for the longest time, and it's it was found and finally restored. Uh, that's a picture of it in era, actually. Um, but it's really cool. It only weighs uh, 1,100 pounds. Holy bananas. Yeah. It, it was very fuel efficient. Uh, ex- yeah, if it wasn't being driven flat out. Uh, th- th- <laughs> 10,000 RPM? No, no worries, man. This might be one of my favorite race cars of all time because it's like everything I like. Super tiny engine making like a reasonable amount of power and just going like bonkers speeds But the thing it. was so much fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had double wishbone front suspension, four-link rear suspension. Wow. Like, it was really, really cool. Um, it uh, was driven by uh, Takeo uh, Yoshida. Um Overall, in 1967, it got 10th place in the in, in the series. But when you're racing, it's like Porsche and stuff, so you're doing pretty good if you're in 10th place. Yeah. It's like a feel like 30 cars. So it's <laughs> the like, car finished, you're doing just fine. <laughs> well, not only that, it's like you're racing against 2-liter through 7-liter engines. Yeah. So that's a pretty big gamut of engine size. Mm-hmm. And they just like came in like way under class of the 1.3, and then they managed to get 10th. Like It's pretty cool. It's like all the departments in Daihatsu read the rule book except for the powertrain department. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, Oh, I, I, I misread. I thought that said I thought oh. said one point five, not two. Uh, <laughs> but how did uh, you get this wrong? They, uh, but yeah, oh, tenth place overall uh, in the sixty-seven uh, Grand Prix Racing League. However, it got first place in GP one that year. Nice. Yeah. Whoa. So yeah, um, it raced at a thousand kilometers to Suzuka twice. Uh, third place overall in sixty-eight. The next year, um, and then got second place in sixty-nine. So, but yeah, I know, right? 
<laughs> so this car, each season it was raced, it got podium. Nice. And that's pretty awesome. After that, the car was retired. Uh, it disappeared for the longest time. However, uh, Dahatsu's uh, R&D center had 35 employees that decided to volunteer their time to restore the car. Nice. Um, after they found it again. And they just finished it. Um, that's so, super neat. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, this is... Uh, that, that was shown at uh, Osaka Auto Mess um, uh, just a couple, few days ago. Hmm. Um but yeah, it's really cool. Mid-engine fiberglass body, but it's really, really cool. This is a car that I'd completely forgotten about and is now uh, in the running for one of my favorite race cars of all time. Um, so there's that. I do like its spunk and character and the fact that it runs like four-bolt wheels and not yeah. center locks. So, yeah, it was... Well, the engine wasn't even like a performance engine. It was just the Dahatsu... to 10,000 RPM. It was the Dahatsu Companio engine, which is... Like, the Companio is... If you can Google They've that real quick. Great name. I know, right? But the Companio was C O P A G N O. D A I. Die. It's phonetic, dude. It isn't. Every time you say that, it just isn't. Die. Ha. Tsu. Whoever's calling me from Des Moines, shut the hell up. What is it? Uh, and then C O P A G N O. So they have a new one nowadays. That's probably why they redesigned it. But yeah, it was just like a cute little 60s car. How do you feel about the Companion, honey? It's very cute. Yeah. How do you do copy image location? Is that what it is? I think. No, you, you gotta. Yeah, there you go. Well, this one's also from Wikipedia. That works. Whatever. It looks fine on the stream. <laughs> <laughs> There's the Companion. But yeah, it, it, it's a really cute little Which car. Which is a race car, apparently. And they that's a convertible. They made a sedan, they made a wagon, they made a coupe. It's great. But, yeah, it, like, normally had, like, 60 horsepower. They made no well, power. Yeah, but look at the, the F1 BMW engine. It was a 60-horsepower engine. They made 1,200 out of it. Yeah, this is it. This is, like, the Japanese version of the F1 BMW engine. <laughs> I love it. I'm very happy that this exists. So Fair enough. There you go. That's what everybody needed to know from me. And I'm very sorry. I almost missed that. You would have been remiss. Yeah, and I definitely would have missed that thing that I didn't know that we were supposed to talk about. So. Yes. Uh, I am going to talk about something that isn't necessarily a nationwide topic or anything, but it's just something I was thinking about on the way down here when I spotted another douche in a Tesla. Um, when you are driving around a car or a motorcycle and you see another person driving a similar or the same thing, do you acknowledge them? Oh, yeah, totally. How do you acknowledge them? And does it vary from car to car? Well, actually, I saw my friend Chris Lee. Hi, Chris, if you're listening. Uh, on the way here, he was uh, towing his STI from... The uh, AAA in St. Louis Parks so is probably getting registered or something, um, and I he didn't notice me, and I just continued to bounce off rev limiters until he did. So and then he did and waved at him. But <laughs> that's uh, how you caught his attention. Just yes. rev limiter. <laughs> I used to do that all the time with the Fiat and stuff. Um, but yeah. So yeah. Anyway, I, um, I I I waved at him. But usually that's what I do. Is I wave at people. I'm very friendly yeah, when I'm on the road just... unless I'm mad at you. <laughs> I just wave and hope they notice me. But that's I mean true. that's how I go through life, so Oh my god, that's tragic. So <laughs> But does it okay, so I'm a very emotional driver. But is it different like if say you're in your Subaru versus being in your Mazda five versus being in like uh Ron. Is oh there, yeah. Is there a difference of how you would acknowledge somebody else in like 
uh, flip a pet light accord coupe versus yeah. how you would acknowledge another Mazda five driver versus okay. a Subaru. Mazda five drivers. I usually I, I, they're not gonna know. I'm not gonna acknowledge them usually. Like if they look over at me, I'll give them a thumbs up. Say your van's pretty cool. <laughs> but um, no, with that, it's more acknowledging other Mazda like performance car drivers, so like Miatas and uh, Mazda Speed threes and stuff is what I usually acknowledge, and then they get a wave and a thumbs up. Nice. But okay, so well, there is a difference now. There's a difference. Okay. Yeah, like when I'm in my Sienna, no, like all my friends should know I'm driving a Sienna with yeah. a Waffle House sticker on it. Oh, but you know, yeah. and like a baseball bat imprint on my my <laughs> back. But well, you know, right like it's like fine. yeah, so like. It, I don't know. So, like, if they don't notice me in my Sienna, I'm like, oh, that's fine. But if I'm in my right, Accord, I, like, Sienna. flip up my headlights because it's, like... Headlights go up. Headlights go down. Yep. Headlights go up. Up, we, down, we, up, down, we, up, down, up, we down. We say it's Ron waving. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the mechanisms are robust enough where you could do that. If I did that in the 850, I'm like, eh, I bet this won't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, and if it does break, we just fix it. It's fine. Well, right, right. Manuel's... Uh, his he's winking right, yeah now. he winks now but he's got one that's like stuck open uh but that's also because that's he's sad. got he's got three times the amount of miles as run so fair enough yeah like, i'm not just and, uh, to be honest i just need to lube up the mechanism because if it's i put like really broken yeah it's not really like it, everything works mm-hmm. and it's like he had a stroke he just needs to go to physical therapy oh my god exactly Anyway, <laughs> slightly ashamed that I'm even asking this question because of the replies. But yeah, no, for, for me anyway, it's like uh, on the Vespa, I'm like every motorcyclist, obviously not Vespa owners because I never see another one. But it's obviously the peace sign down on the side. Yeah. That's the motorcycle acknowledgement. The other day I was in the uh, 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 Minnesota owners section, or whatever, on Facebook for the Tesla. And they're like, somebody posted, like, how do you acknowledge another Tesla owner when you see him? I'm like, extend the middle finger up vigorously at yeah. the other driver. Call him an asshole. And then you're done. Ah. But like only two people liked my reply. Most of the people are like, oh, I just wave or I give him a honk or, I, you know, whatever. I'm just like, God, that's not fun. You got to flip them off. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like you have a small community. You should probably know each other. And we're, we, nobody that owns a Tesla is not a douche. You yeah. just have to. Anyway. They, they every well that's that's why they don't like your thing because they don't acknowledge it. Step one of not becoming of not being a douche is admitting that you're a douche. And there's another eleven steps that are in my uh, book that I'm reading. When do I get the chip? D A Douchebags Anonymous. I would. You get it after one year of not being a douche. I need to have somebody read that to me like an audiobook when it's done because <laughs> I, I want to get the content from it, but I refuse to read. But anyway, yeah. Anyone who reads physical books. No, I read physical books. Well, I think you guys both do. I just hate yeah, books. A just, lot. just burgers. I'm in the minority. Yeah, yeah he, he's like extremely millennial and very self-conscious about you it. You can go kill yourself. Case and point. Not a uh, now, anyway, we are going to move on to uh, Sonoma Speed Festival. <laughs> okay. If you have missed it. Um, don't worry. I thought I did too. And they realized that this is the first year they're doing it. I think. Uh-huh. Um, I was going to say, as we were going through the notes, I'm like, I've never even heard of that. How did I miss this? And you're like, well, it's new. Yeah. So, um, I had to look that up to make a hundred percent sure. It's like the Goodwood festival of speed. meets Monterey car week, which is both of those events. If you guys if don't know what you should are amazing. Those are both. Yeah. Th- those are some of the best. Those are bucket list events. Um, so it was the Hawk Vintage at Road America. Yes. So this is, yeah, I'm really excited for this. I kind of really want to go to this this year, but I know I need to buy a house first. When is it? Um, it oh, is it actually says in this article. Yeah, it does. It's in uh, May 30th to June 2nd at Sonoma Raceway in California. Oh, I just wish it wasn't in California. It's so hard to get there. We need to get a vacation home there, and we can Airbnb it out the rest of the year. I mean, That's it's a not a horrible idea, but just even the flights are. But, bleh. like, 
it, it's we're talking like two fifty Testarossas and Maserati bird cages and Bugatti Type thirty fives. This does look just like Goodwood. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, I called myself out. Really good, know. fabulous. But All right, it, I think that's the whole article. Yeah, it looks really cool. It's going to show off, you know, the best of California, the best race cars. Hopefully, Sonoma won't be on fire. Um, it'll be really, really rad. So I'm really excited for it. Not um, to be confused with Red Wood. No, 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 no. Very different. In fact, I don't think there'll be that many quote-unquote rad cars. No, I don't think they're allowed. No, not at all. Uh, but They're too new. So this picture right here, I mean, if you're looking at the cars that they have featured in that picture, Type 35, Type 35, Testarossa, 250 GTO, uh, 300 SLR, uh, I can't ID that, and there's a Porsche 905, a 356, 356. Uh, and then Lotus, a, Lotus F1. a Lotus F1 car, a, uh, another 905, a 907 yeah, just and like then they start of... getting too small to identify. Yeah, but it, it's it's really really cool. Like I'm, I'm really excited for this because like it's like all of my favorite not Japanese cars. So I I'm just I love car events, so I'm fine with more of them until I physically just couldn't hope to ever attend them. Basically, if, if there's so many car events, you have to go to a communist style economy where you are just paid to exist. The only problem I have with this is it's so close to Monterey geographically. Yes. Yeah, but that's kind of the appeal of it. It's a different area of... of if it, it was a week apart, I'd be fine with it, because then I could just stay out there. That'd but like, be the very, fact that I'd have to cool. transfer like two times to California, I just don't like flying out there. You could drive. I could, but it's a long drive. You have to 850. <laughs> it's like a perfect road trip car. Yeah, it is, but I'm still not going to do it. That's, I would. That, then you have to like, extend I would do that your for vacation Redwood. like two weeks. And that's the thing. I mean, for me, it's just PTO. I'm too young to get like I really hope time off. Like I people do, get yeah. when they're older like that, or like they own their own company and they've retired, and so they could just go take two weeks off, no problem. Yeah. I can't do that. Well, I think that's who this is for. But I, um, I understand, Ryan, but I appreciate this event, and I wish I could go. Yeah, I, we should utilize trains. I, I think that I love th- trains. This event would be perfect if it was like. Two weeks prior. Oh no, because you're gonna get you're gonna get burnt out. And actually, what will probably happen, yeah, is our our MMR will suck because nobody's have time to fix their cars after. This should be six months offset from Monterey. Yes. Yeah, I think so. This should actually happen in winter. Sure. Because yeah, that'd be great time. I would love that. That'd be great. If this happens, not like hot in the winter. If this if this happened in like January, that'd be perfect. January is it's still like mid fifties to sixty, isn't it there? That yeah. might be a little on the chilly side. But okay, doable. so maybe February. Can you imagine pre-war tires and 50-degree temperatures on track? They're probably just as shitty as they are. You're right, actually. They probably they're, don't change they, with temperature. No, it's they're always awful. Yeah, can <laughs> you heat cycle out a 1930s tire? You probably can't. You, you can, and it happens very quickly. But uh, <laughs> One heat cycle. Yeah. Take it easy on your warm-up lap, all right, guys? Yeah, the, they, uh, those cars, I mean, it, the tire works like a modern tire, sort of, except for the fact that everything happens a lot faster. And it doesn't work. You... You lose traction immediately. It yeah. overheats immediately. There's like, no predictable breakaway at all. It is, yeah, exactly. It, it's it, it's imagine the like a Westlake like S317 or S Westlake S, tires. Oh my like goodness! A Westlake SU317 on a uh, on like a, any racetrack. It's basically what a pre-war tire is. Um, on a car that's got like really borked suspension geometry. Exactly. Oh, oof. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if I'm a fan you, of that. But. You have a double wishbone suspension, and your upper uh, wishbone is longer than your lower. Does wishbone. it also have like leather ball joints? <laughs> yeah, it's it's got leather stops for the for the suspension. Limiting straps. Limiting straps. Yep. Yeah. It's like a modern Hayabusa owner. 
and then you have drum brakes, but you only have one circuit working. Well, uh, the fact that they're hydraulic means you are a decadent capitalist pig, and you should be thrown out. <laughs> you're right. You're trying to park. You're trying to slow down through parking brake. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what you're doing. What happened? Uh, it's a pre-war car. Yeah, that is exactly. what it is. Anyway, yeah, let's let's go from extremely old stuff, which this is going to surprise people, but the things that you generally like to talk about, and let's talk about modern EV stuff, which shocker again is what I like to talk about. Tesla has announced that it is going to, let me bring this up here, kill its maintenance program because nobody's using it because the cars are reliable. That's and awesome. I didn't even know they had this program, I think that, nor do most hilarious. owners of the cars. This is hilarious because <laughs> everybody is always saying, oh, well, te- Teslas are, have poor build quality. Well, they seem to be working just fine. That's the thing. So. Like The stuff that they've had issues with, it's like aesthetic things, typically. Like The actual drivetrains have been really solid. I mean, let, keep in mind, back in 2012... Tesla joint ventured with Mercedes and Toyota, two companies that don't put product out unless it's good. That's true. So the RAV4 EV, Tesla-powered. The Mercedes B-Class EV, Tesla-powered. That's very true. No issues. So their technology was so solid back in 2012, and people knew that, that it already wasn't a problem. So combine that with the fact that you know, three-phase induction AC motors are just incredibly simple, and other than like a bearing failing, they're not going to die. Yeah. It's shocker that nobody needs to bring in their car that has one moving part for service very often. Yeah. So Aside of, like, functional fluid changes, there's nothing. And it's, uh, I'm surprised they have a lot of money, too. Probably. So, yeah, they're, they're canceling it to save money because nobody uses it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's awesome. I love that. So, um, there you go. The future is, I hate to say this. The future is nigh. <laughs> the future is electric, but we are still going to have our horse fancy cars, a.k.a. the old shit that has manual gearboxes and burns a ton of gas. Because there is still no substitute for internal combustion. Yes. No. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter because it's a progressive kitchen airplane in Finland. Um, if you're listening to this uh, on n- next week. I, I don't uh, even know what day it's going to be, week. but you will hear this on a Saturday if you're listening to it as it drops. Uh, otherwise, if you're on Twitch, uh, hi. <laughs> you're still listening to it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my coworker is extremely into motorcycles. Everybody in my shop is except for me. Uh, and okay. this might be the greatest motorcycle thing I've ever heard of. It has a fabulous, fabulous logo. Yes, called the Monkey Run. I can't tell if that looks like a Takeria or a niche microbrewery logo, but both. it looks like, yeah, probably Takeria microbrewery that is I a... want to go to. Does that exist? Let's it has to. Do you guys ever make up a place that you want to go because you thought you heard about it and it turns out it's not real? Yes. Yeah, that, that's I did ca- that the other day. With that's the, called being uh, an entrepreneur. Dang it. <laughs> okay, so here's a free idea to somebody please do this. A place where you go and you just get a bowl of chicken wings that are cooked already. And there's a sauce bar that also has dry rubs that you can put on your wings yourself. And you're just charged per wing. You can that's, do whatever you want. very cool. And, there you go. And not like you're just a buffet in a grocery store. Because right. that actually exists in grocery stores. Right, but, but like, like your wings are going one, to be yeah. fresher because you're all starting with the same wing. That'd you be can, really cool. You can have it's like a fond- bunch of variety. Like, it's like like fondue, it's like, but like your yeah. meat's already cooked. Exactly. So you don't have to worry about salmonella. And like you could do the sauces in like squeezy bottles so there's no double dipping. And That'd like perfect. the dry rubs, you could just sprinkle it on. Like why has nobody done this? I seriously thought somebody told me about it. I thought it was Peter. So I texted him. I was like, <laughs> no, but that sounds amazing. If you find out what it is, let me know, fam. Let's go. I'm like... Shit, and like everyone I talk to is like that needs to be a thing. I'm like, well, I'm not an entrepreneur in that sense, but yeah, I agree, it should be a thing. Uh, I also think that there should be just like, I think they're starting to do this, but coffee shops that are open in the middle of the night. 
Oh, yes, that's, that's a good thing. idea. That yeah, because like I drink you know, coffee at the wrong times of day anyway. Like, yeah, because like during the day, yeah, it's nice to have the cute little cafe, but I want that. Like, I just I want it at night too. And I guess somebody who is uh, trying to set up like a bar type atmosphere without alcohol mm-hmm. and just have it be coffee. And that's going to happen sometime in Minneapolis, hopefully. Uh, I mean, we already have Cafe it. Meow, so yeah, but the, the logical next it. step. Uh, I know, yeah. The, but the logical next step is bars, but coffee, which is what I want. Coffee's so popular. they also have to serve pastries and dessert. Because oh, it's yeah. so hard to find late night dessert. That's not like Glamdoll. Yeah, like Cinnabon Delights from Taco Bell. Yeah. Glamdoll is so, pretty good, I want though. my dessert after. I went, I went like, to Glamdoll like 10 p.m. one time. It was great. Yeah. Now, really nice. I want to talk about the monkey run. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> right, right, the topic that we started the topic on. We're talking about. We don't do tangents here. So what are the, you talking about? This is the coolest thing I had never heard of. Um, my coworker shared, shared it to me because he always goes on like these cool adventure vacations. And one of the things he's trying to get his buddy to agree on is the monkey run. You and your friends go to morocco and you rent honda monkeys which is a 50 cc microbike yes and you drive from the middle of the sahara to marrakesh how far is that it's 2500 miles <laughs> on a monkey yeah but look how fun that looks ron that's 2500 miles that would take like a month that's the thing it's an adventure vacation so it's like you just like have this like super long vacation but, like, you really get to see the country. And they do this, like, they, they do three of these. They do Morocco, they do Peru, and they do Mar- Romania. Oh, my God. And these are, like, so fun. Look at that! <laughs> Why would you not want to do that? That looks so cool! Do they have, like, a shorter, more touristy version I can do? I'd probably, yeah. Oh, man. Well, you do have that customer that rents out. <laughs> oh, I, I guess, sorry. I guess it's not really 2,500 2, miles. It's 2,500 kilometers. I'm sorry. That's, That's still, oh, well, okay. You could probably do that in, like, a week. It's a week thing. Yeah. Oh. Not miles. I, I totally miss It would, I'm sure, be a ton of fun. 2,500 miles would be a, from Marrakesh to, like, Mogadishu. I should call it, like, the 24 Hours of Monkey or some crap like that. But, like, look how... F- that looks so cool. It does, but... That I've, looks like all the fun in the world. Have you ridden a motorcycle or anything on two wheels for more than 100 miles? It's horrifyingly terrible. Yeah, but if you're really into motorcycling, like, that's your thing. And another thing is, you like, will be sterile after you get done with this because <laughs> there will be no blood flow to your gentleman's area for well, like a week. They have a few different options, and one of the other things you can do is something that's a little bit more touristy, where you just like you you get the Honda monkey for like a week, and you can just ride around in Marrakesh. Alternatively, that sounds great. But too. that's Even how it, Morocco that, would yeah, be fabulous. Well, Mar- Marrakesh is in Morocco. I don't know geography, but um, me neither. So don't worry. About perfect. But yeah, unless it, there's a body farm in there, Jenna's not interested. The, yeah, the whole, it's true. yeah, the the whole. But I thing, guess I could do a cultural anthropology there. The Fine, whole thing about this I guess was there's some reason to go getting a vehicle that you're not going to really kill yourself on. Right. Yeah. I'm, and yeah. Be, What's yeah. the top speed on this? Thirty-seven. Yeah, something like that. But like, you get something that's fun that you're not going to kill yourself on, and you get to really explore countries that've got cool side roads. Yeah. So in and, addition. And, infrastructure that's not necessarily built out like we anticipate it will be yeah exactly so you get something like a honda monkey where it's like a very understressed engine it's like totally 100 percent reliable oh dude yeah you could leave that thing wide open all day so they've been doing this for years so like i said they do it in morocco they also do one in peru uh which would be cool if you want to get captured, coffee coffeeed or coffee or captured by hunglas or something those are the two things you can do in peru yeah yeah but uh basically the peru one is you ride around the andes mountains 
on a tiny motorcycle. All right, you said Peru, and I was suddenly interested. Yeah. Did you get to go to Machu Picchu? Yes, you can. All right, I'm down That's for in that. the Andes. Yeah, like that'd be really rad. Um, the uh, and the th- art historian inside of me is intrigued, but the rest of me is like, hell no. The third one is the monkey one. run Romania. That sounds. Oh, there's many attractive women in Romania. And fantastic roads as well. Probably that too. Is that where the Transfigura and yes. Highway is? Ooh. So that that's you get to ride Can the I Honda do Monkey. That in a monkey. Yes, you <laughs> ride the. It it goes through the Transfigura and Highway. That's pretty cool. So this is like the coolest vacation I've ever heard of in my life. Like, look how rad that is. I want to go to Morocco because this would be hot as hell. But um. <laughs> These got to be the highest mileage monkeys ever. Like the know, rental right? monkeys. Know, like right? They've just been like abused by like journalists for their entire life across the Sahara. Rental also, monkeys. okay, when you're done with the monkey run, do you have to drive it back? Or no, 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 no. You, you, you collect, you give it okay. to them, and then you fly home. That's pretty nice. If you want. I like the arrive and drive nature yeah, of that. It's That's really cool. cool. So it, it's, it's really rad. I, I'm like super into this. Uh-oh. Look at that thing on the screen. Free up storage space. I wonder how low we are. We should probably call it pretty soon. Well, don't worry. That was the last topic. It was the last topic, but yeah. I'm also curious because we had this happen one time and the episode actually stopped recording. What are we at? What are we at? 957 megs. We are good. I'm going to leave that open so I remember to clean this crap yes. off when we're done. <laughs> um, now, I think this is also going up on the... Uh, what, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Anyway, so no, it isn't. The uh, the software captures the application window. Okay, good. Yep. So yeah, I think I think it's just fantastic. I'm really excited about it. Um, it looks like a pretty well organized event. So yeah, so they actually do it. You can do it whenever you want, really. <laughs> so it's super cool. So there you go. There's that the monkey run. I yeah. want to go on it. <laughs> I, I enjoy the that. idea of it, but I, there's no feasible way I would. Keith, do that. Keith told me about that, and I was like, "I hope Keith does it. We'll just send a GoPro with." I him want him to do it really bad. I want to do it. Like, <laughs> Fine, we'll send a GoPro I, with both I, of you. I like really am like stressed to like give much of a shit about motorcycle riding. <laughs> However, when it comes to anything that's under 100 cc's, I'm immediately about it. Like no question, I like tiny engines. Yeah, but 1,200 miles on a tiny engine motorcycle. I will do it. I would totally do that. But anyway. I know you would, Ryan. You and I are different people, and that's fine. I think that's why and, and it's the, interesting. And, and the reason I would do it is somebody's going to ask you, hey, have you ever ridden a Honda Monkey 1,250 miles? And you're like, nah. Yes. And I'm like, mm. and then they ask me. Actually, it was 1,335 miles. And I'd be like, actually, yes, I did. Through Morocco. And I did it again in Romania. And I tried to do it in Peru, but I got captured by a gorilla separatist. <laughs> and my Honda Monkey got Got Stop. lit on fire. Oh. <laughs> but anyway. Don't light a monkey. So uh, that's, uh, the, <laughs> that's, that's a monkey run. Anyway, what did we learn today? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I have more things that I learned. Let me, you guys go first. I'll try to think. Jan, you got anything? Uh, I found out that sea turtles live alone. Like all the time? Yeah, unless they're mating. They're just free birds. So Finding Nemo was wrong. There you go. Radical. Yeah, that's really funny. Uh, I'm struggling, man. Uh, I realized that uh, the difficulty curve on automation mm-hmm. is very steep. Oh, okay. Is it, is, it, <laughs> is it as bad as Kerbal Space Program? It, when you put it on easy, it is easy. Okay. When you put it on, so it's not like a, it's not a actual easy medium hard mm-hmm. you have like a percentage window 
if you go to like five percent, mm-hmm. it, it is at that point unplayable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick to easy and then sandbox mode. Thank yes. you very much. I want to have fun with games. I, I'm remiss to wonder what hard is. Because hard hard will be like oh dude just it just immediately crashes when you load it hard mode the Tucker torpedo oh god <laughs> good luck yeah exactly <laughs> I learned that Tesla had a maintenance program <laughs> yeah shit who knew that <laughs> my car's probably covered under it I have no idea <laughs> you should probably get some maintenance done for, like before they close the one in Idarna <laughs> yeah anyway. that, that's got to be coming but, well uh, thank you for listening and Burger I hope you. Return back from um, from uh, Finland, Iceland, Norway. Oh, there you yeah. Go. yeah. Oh, you're into all of them. Uh, Iceland's my layover, which is like four hours, and then Finland, and then yeah, I think we're going to. I'm not sure if I'll be there for Sweden, but the rest of my family, when they arrive, will be going to Sweden as well. That's gonna so. be really cool. And I've got a friend in Finland. I'm gonna try to meet up with her for coffee. We'll see. It's gonna be a shit show. Coffee, hot coffee. Um, Just coffee. If Burger does not return, that means he was on a 737 Air Max at some point. I'm on, on the trip. 757 200. Is the whole time I checked. Good. <laughs> <laughs> also, you just might get kidnapped by black metal band and. It- we're not prepared to save you from that. Oh, that's fine. Um, well, not I also don't know fine. how to scream very well, and I don't, uh, yeah, no. They'll, yeah, sacrifice, I think we're they'll sacrifice you. Great. Satan. I'll be fine. All right, then I'm going to just stick to coffee shops and breweries. If somebody <laughs> comes up to you and says that their name is Varg Vikernes, run. All right, very, I'll pay for the fast. international phone plan, and I'll give you a call. Yeah, give me a call. Like, hey, Ryan, is this safe? No. No. Run away. (laughs) Anyway, thanks very much for listening, everybody. We will catch you the next time we record. I don't know when this is going live. Unless Burger's dead, in which case, uh, Blake Bodine will be my co-host, and we will be seancing Burger. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.